So if you guys will turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. We're going to look at the second part of that scripture. And this is one of my favorite verses because it shows the heart of God for us and what his desire is for us. And then I'm leading us into another verse and another story and allegory that Jesus painted for us. And I want us to tie it all together here. But Jesus said, I've come that they, and how many of you know that I'm the they, you're the they, may have life and have it to the full. See, there is life that we can live, we can exist, we can, as long as we have breath in our lungs and our heart is beating, we have life. But that life can be terrible. It can be something that just, I don't even want to be here, I just hate it, everything's going horrible in my life. Or we can live abundant life or life to the full. Another version of that says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I love this because God doesn't want us just to make it to the next day just to exist, as I said. But he wants us to be flourishing. He wants us to have this wonderful experience in our life. But it doesn't just happen. So my question to you this morning, as I challenge you, is how are you living? How will you live your life? Is it going to be the abundant life that God has for you? Or is it going to be something that's less than that? See, the difference between merely existing and living the abundant life that God has comes into our choices and the decisions that we make. I have a friend on Facebook this week, and I've, I've known I was going to preach this message for a couple of weeks. I've been so excited. I, was, I so wanted to do it two weeks ago, and I wanted to do it last week. I was so tempted to just do it, but I waited till today. And this week, one of my friends on Facebook, and I'm going to read exactly what she wrote. And some of you may know her, so don't sell me out here for preaching this. But she wrote this. She goes, I am not good. The last year was indescribably terrible, and at the year before that was even worse. I've reached a point in my life that I just want to disappear into nothingness. I want to be nothing. And I read that. It's It's gripping. It's gripping that someone feels that way, but enough that they would put that as their status on Facebook and just put it out there for the whole world. But can I tell you that my friend isn't alone? There are lots and lots of people who just want to fade into obscurity and say, my life is nothing. I wish I wasn't even here. And it has nothing to do with what you have. It has nothing to do with your amount of stuff, your bank account, the car you drive. This has to do with the core of who you are inside and what's going on inside. Jesus talks about this story and this allegory, and Jesus often talks through different things, using things that make sense to you, but not actual events, but he's, he's telling the story. In Mark chapter 4, verse 3, he tells a story. So if you want to turn there with me, and I'm going to skip to part of the bottom. It says, Jesus talks about this. He goes, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, he says this after this one, when they're asking him some questions, and we'll get there. He goes, how will you understand anything? So if we can't understand this parable that we're about to read, how in the world can we understand anything of life? Verse 3, Mark chapter 4. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it, Across his field, some of the seed fell on a pathway, a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, 
and the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the, the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. They didn't have a harvest. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Now, I grew up in church, and I heard this message and this allegory, and I've heard this story preached, Mark chapter 4. I've heard some of the greatest men of God preach this, and I've always heard it from the standpoint of the soil, the soil, the soil. And, and even some people's like, well, you've got to give where the soil is really good. Don't give it where it's not going to have as good. And, and I'm sure all that's true, and, and all that's been in my mind, and that's what I just kind of accepted as, because that's what I've always heard preached. But as I was Thinking about this, as I was studying this, I believe God showed me another side. Now, not that all the, the other people preach are wrong or, or that that's not it, but there's so many layers in the Bible, and I believe God unlocked one that I want to take you through this morning that made me look at this differently. Even as I'm reading it through to you, I'm thinking of how I th- I've always known it, and I'm thinking about what I had revealed to me. Can I just look at the different types of soil with you for a second? Because as I was doing this, I became thinking about the soil. And when God created the heavens and the earth, all the soil was fertile. All the soil, the entire world, after he was doing everything, created the garden. And everything was wonderful. There was nothing. There was no fallow ground. There was no stony ground. There was no stone, the ground that was all packed down. There was nothing. It was just all wonderful, kind of like we are. When we're born, I was just holding Vivian in my arms. And, and this beautiful little girl, a baby even, think about them. They come out, they're so beautiful and adorable and just smiling all the time. And they have no clue about all the stress that you've got going on in your life. They're just happy. And then we end up with people that say, I don't want to exist. How is that possible? The first soil, and we've got some pictures that Michael's prepared here for us. The first soil is called a pathway. Jesus said it's by the pathway, and then the birds came and ate it up. But as I started looking at this, the pathway is all packed down because people have just walked all over it all the time. The grass doesn't even grow on the pathway. So when the seed comes and it falls there, the ground is so hard, it's so packed down, that there's no way for the the seed to go down and accomplishing, but so it's real easy for the birds to just come. It's right there, like on a plate, on a platter, just served right up there for them. As I started thinking about it, making the comparison to us, people walk all over us. What once was a wonderful, open, just beautiful child, people smash him down and talk to them. You can't do that. You'll never mount to nothing. You're not, you can't do anything. And we just have people that steamroll over us in our lives. Some to varying degrees worse than others. I grew up with a great childhood. Maybe you didn't, or maybe you know someone who didn't, but there are pathways that get packed down by people just stepping all over them. Then there's the shallow soil. That's where the, the, the rocks are coming up, and it's just all rocky, and it's really difficult. There is some good soil there, but it, it's just not deep enough. And when something tries to grow, it just 
the sun comes out and it just withers it away. And then there's the other soil that's the, the thorny soil. So it's there. It's a little bit better soil. So the weeds will grow really well with it. But it, the weeds just suck all the nutrients. It sucks all the water and it just chokes it out. Of course, we see the good soil. I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and she was describing how she had gotten back on a path with God. And as she was just, just took these steps, and God had changed. I saw even her countenance changed a couple of weeks ago, and she came to me. She goes, God did this amazing thing for me. And, and, and it was with a car, and, and, and I just can't believe it. She goes, I just want to praise him. I just can't stop thinking about God and how good he is and how wonderful he is. And, every, and she was just like just bouncing all over the place. And I'm like, but Here's what the crazy thing is. Now, when you're giving this glory and this praise back to God, he's like, oh, here, let me give you some more. And then he pours more. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that this is even better. And you give more and more praise. So then the bucket gets bigger. He's like, oh, you're going to give me that much more praise. Here you go. Here's more. And then pretty soon he's got a barrel and then a dump truck. He's just like, oh, this is in the end of your life. You're going to look back and go, what a life that I lived. What a crazy life with God. I live because I kept on giving more and more and more. And that's what I saw whenever we got to the soil that's the fertile soil. See, because when you make it to the soil that isn't all, you know, just beat down by people walking on it or the shallow soil so there's rocks everywhere or the thorny soil where the stuff's coming up and just choking you out. When you get to the good place, it's not that you hit 100% right away. Jesus said, you hit 30%. Well, how many of you know, if you, you've been through a life that you were some stony ground and you're some rocky ground and you were people walking all over you and then, then you finally get choked out and then you finally get to this place, you're like, I made 30%. This is great. This is a great life. I, I'm really happy here. And God's like, wait, wait, there's more. And then he takes you and you get the 60% and you're like, oh, I just can't imagine. This is, this is, this is it. This is great. And he's like, there's more. And he leads you to the place where there's 100% and you're just blown away like God. And that's the abundant life that Jesus says, I came to give you the abundant life, the life to the full, living a rich and satisfying life. But can I suggest to you, I've always classified that this was the soil, but I want to suggest to you this morning is this is maybe a progress of us getting to the good soil. Because when we first start knowing God, we first ask him, say, God, I'm going to surrender my life. I'm not going to keep trying to do it on my own. I want what you say is out there for me. And you created me, and you have this design for me, so I want to do the best with what you've called me to do. I'm going to surrender my life to you. Just knowing God isn't enough. Because you can know God and just live in shallow, stepped-on ground and make it. You're going to make it to heaven, but your life pretty much sucks. Because people are just running over you all the time. But that may be how we start off. That your ground is just plowed over. That there's a steamroller just come over you and you feel like there's nothing good. Every time something good tries to happen to me, the birds just eat it up. But then God keeps working in your life. You keep coming to church. You, you go, get in a small group. and You start seeing God just do some, some small little, little things. You're like, wow, I look back and 
my life isn't that pressed down ground anymore. It's good rocky ground. Well, there's some good soil in there. And man, when that, that, that seed that Jesus is putting in there is trying to grow up and it's like, it doesn't last long. It's like, yeah, it's there. And I see some fruit happening, but it's, oh, I wish it was more. But sure, I'm not the pressed down ground. At least something's happening in my life. Okay, so there's a progress going on here. I'm going to make it. But if you think that's all there is, you're going to be sad because when it grows up and it wilts away, you're like, oh, the birds didn't eat it. But it still wilts away. And then God keeps working on you. God keeps helping other people be there watering on you and being there and saying, hey, you can do this. You got this, man. You're going you're to make it. And then pretty soon you're in this this other land where there's, there's, there's ground that, that's even more fertile and it, you don't have the rocks anymore and it's not pressed down, so it's growing stuff, but it's growing weeds. And you're like, ah, all those habits, all those, those things that I had in my life. Well, you see, it actually comes back from the, the beginning. If you open your Bibles to Genesis 3, we just saw in this place here, I'm going to lay the groundwork for it because I don't want to read all the whole thing. But God created the heavens and the earth. He gave man control and dominion over the earth. He says, eat of any tree in the whole place, but don't eat this one because he gave man a choice. Man, of course, told his wife, don't do this. And she says, okay, we won't, can't, won't even touch it. The serpent comes over and says, hey, did God really say this? And the serpent is trying to get her to do it, and she goes, okay. And then she, gave, she ate it, and she gave it to you. You know the story. She gave it to the husband who says, who was standing right there, so they're not throwing shade at women. And so they both ate it, and so then God comes down and says, hey, what's going on? I told you not to do this. So he tells the serpent what's going to happen to him, which happened. He told the woman what's going to happen to her, but we're looking now at verse 17. And he said to the man, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. The ground is cursed because of you, and your life will struggle to scratch out a living from it. Can I suggest to you, without God, without getting the abundant life, that's all we'll ever have. Verse 18, it says, It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. In other words, it's going to have all this stuff that's going to try and choke you out because sin is now introduced into your life. Can I suggest to you that that ground that Jesus talked about, when it goes from being the pathway where just, it's just all pat down to the place where it's rocky ground, when you get to the, the, the little parts of where it's, the things are still trying to choke you out and, and the word of God comes up inside of you, but it can't really accomplish the abundant life that God has for you because things are still choking it out, the, the sin in your life and the, the different things that God's like, man, I want you to conquer this. I don't want this to be the thing that just, this is where you end up. Look, you came from over here, and you got here, and now you're here. But there's more. He keeps working on you, keeps working on you. you. You stay in that small group, and that's when you're rubbing elbows, and you know, you're not going to tell anybody the deep, dark secrets in your heart of, of how you've you got this struggle in your life. You're not going to do that in the walk around. Hey, let me hug your neck for the first time because that's what we do here at Church on the Rock. Oh, by the way, I have a problem with That's never going to happen, but it will happen in the security and the safety of a small group 
when you're playing tennis with Michael and Jesse and you get mad and you throw your, your, or you're playing basketball with them and, and you know, that can bring some other things out too, you know, and that's like, it's like, whoa, bro, hold on. See, we can let those things that choke us out, we can start letting those things go. Okay, God, I'm going to let you have those things too. I want to suggest to you the parable of the soils is a progress that can happen in our life when we surrender our life to God. We surrender to God saying, God, I want to know you. Today's my day. Today's the day I'm going to start this path with you. And then you look at it and go, well, if I take inventory of my life, it's, um, yeah, I start coming to this church and, and everybody else seems, to, everything's working, but I try it and it seems like the birds are just eating it. And pretty soon you're, it's moving along. Like, it's working a little bit, but man, it, just, it just wilted down. And come over, it's like everything gets choked out. But like Michael said, we got people encouraging one another, saying, hey, you're going to make it. My wife and I will often look at each other and go, we're going to make it. And sometimes it's like, we're going to make it. Like, I don't believe it, but I'm still going to say it. But then there's other times it's like, we're going to make it. You need somebody in your life that's telling you, You're going to make it. And then we see that we can move from the thorny. We're pulling those weeds out and we're we're clearing out that stuff. And we deal with that. We're left with that fertile ground. And Jesus says it produces 30 and then 60 and then 100%. But can I suggest to you again, it's a progression. It isn't just looking at four different types of soil because why wouldn't I just get 100% on this one? It's good. I put the seeds in there. Took care of it. Why? Because it's a progression. It's a progression. Jesus continues on. They asked him questions about it. In Mark chapter 4, we're going to continue on where he says, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the others? If you can't understand that God's at work in a progress in your life, how will you understand anything else? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. That seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. There are people who come to church and they'll hear the message and they'll go, yeah, yeah, that's great. And as soon as they walk out the door, the devil's there going, that isn't going to work for you. He wasn't talking about you. If he only knew all the things you did, that'll never be. If he knew where you were last night, see, this isn't for you. See, and that's the, the packed down ground that it's like as soon as the seed's there, the bird just comes. It's a feeding frenzy. The seed on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Like, yes, that's it. But since it doesn't have deep roots... They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. It's a progression. The seed that fell upon the thorns represent others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. It's choked out. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, 
or even a hundred times as much as they planted. See, it's a progression. It's being in the plan of God. Jumping in there and saying, I want to know God. But it isn't just that one time of saying, today's my day. That's where it starts. But my knowing God is also saying, hey, I'm going to go into the one of the small groups and maybe I have to drive an extra 10 minutes to get there because it's not close. Or where they're going to be, but, oh, you know, I had a hard day at work. I, I, I think I'll skip it today. Staying in the process being a part of it. How many of you know when you get a gym membership, it's really easy to stay at home. It's really difficult to go every day. But how much better do you feel when you do it? You stay in the process. In Matthew 13, Jesus is telling the same story and it's recorded in a different way, but he continues on. So this is like the expanded version of this. Verse 24, here's another story that Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, the enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and they slipped away. When the crop began to grow, the produced grain, the weeds also grew. And the farmer's workers went out to him and said, sir, the fields where you planted the good seed is all full of weeds. Where did they come from? The enemy has done this, he said. Should we pull out the weeds? No, you'll uproot uproot the wheat if you do, but let them both grow together. Verse 37, Jesus said, the son of man is the farmer. See, it's Jesus who's planting the seeds. It's not even me that's planting the seed. It's God who's planting the seed. So the things that I'm telling you that are from God, those things are going to set in your heart, and they're going to start going, oh, yeah. Those things that words that are me, I hope that you don't even remember them past that door. Because I can't help you with anything. We looked at last week that Paul was saying, hey, I planted this seed. Apollos came and watered it. But it is God. It is God who's doing the work. So what if these soils are actually the condition of your soul? Will you bow your head with me? I want you to take inventory alongside with me. What's the current condition of your soul? Perhaps you're saying, I've never even started on this process. And and I've never even asked Jesus into my heart. I've never said I want to surrender my life. Or maybe you'd say, Pastor Kevin, I'm far from God right now. And I once knew him, but man, I'm not even on this path yet. I, I can't even imagine a better life. What I have is what I have. Or maybe you're like my friend that wrote that she just wanted to fade into existence and she wished she didn't even exist. Today we'll give you an opportunity if that's your day and you want to say, hey, I want to know God. But if you know God, where are you on the path? Are you on the path of life where people have just stepped all over you and packed you down and nothing can grow? Have you progressed over to the rocky places where there's a little bit of growth, but it doesn't last long? Or are you still among the thorns that when God's word comes down, it grows up, but everything else around you just chokes it out that it can't produce anything really in your life? Or have you made it to the, the good soil? 
Have you really plugged in? Are you all in with Jesus? See, you can live life on your own terms and you get what you get. Or we can surrender, whether it's your first time, or we surrender again to the process going, God, I want to keep going through all of the process you have for me. I want all that you have for me, Jesus. And it comes back to John 10.10 that we started with. Jesus said, I came that you wouldn't be able to live life to the full. And that's the 30, the 60, and the 100. I don't know where that you find yourself as you're taking inventory. I'm just going to take another moment for you to examine your life. I'm examining my life as well. First things first. If that is you, you would say, I've never surrendered my life to God. I've never made that first choice. Or maybe I did once and it's been a long time ago. And I'm far from God. And today's your day. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to invite anybody up to the front. This is between you and God. But I'm going to ask all of us to pray this prayer out loud. So that no one feels alone or by themselves. I know we do it different every week. Just, I I go with what I feel every time. If you'll pray this prayer out loud with me. God in heaven, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. To pay for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for living life without you. Jesus, please forgive me. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be number one. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. God, I pray for everyone who's prayed that prayer, Lord, for the first time or that's coming back to you, God, that you would just seal that deal inside of them. Now, Father, I pray for everyone that has already been on this path, but, Lord, that they examine their lives at the different soil and the conditions of their soul, as I am. And, God, I pray that you would help us to keep our eye on the target, on the goal. That, Lord Jesus, we will keep looking towards that abundant life, that life to the full. And, Lord, as we progress from having people have walked over us that nothing can grow, and then you bring us to the place where there's just rocks all in there, we've got to clean the rocks up. And then when things will grow, but there's still the thorns that we need to deal with, and we need to pull some weeds in our life. And God, when we hit that fertile soil, back to the way you originally created us, and then we see 30%, we see 60%, we see... Father God, that whole process, that pathway, 
of getting to the abundant life that you have for us. That we'll keep our eye on the goal. Keep our eye on the prize. And Lord God, that we'll keep staying in the process with you. That we'll not be easily discouraged when birds come. But Lord, we'll stay plugged in. That we'll be all in. Lord, when the, 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 the roots can't go down as deep as we would like them to because there's still some rocks that are preventing it. Lord, that we're not going to get discouraged and just walk away. And God, when there's, the rocks are gone and, and the birds aren't eating everything and it grows in and then there's weeds that come up, God, that we're not going to say, well, this isn't working. Lord, we're just going to spend the extra time to pull the weeds. Lord, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that, Lord, you'll help us through this process. Help us to do what you want us to do through our decisions. That we don't live life on our own. We live it with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'll pull out the connection card, I know Michael's already talked to you about it. Here I ask you to fill in your stuff, as much information as you want to give us on there. In the middle, there's a place here you can say, my decision today. So there's a place to say, I'm surrendering my life to Christ. Today's my, the day for me. Or I'm renewing my commitment to Christ. Or I want to be baptized. We're going to have a baptism before it gets cold. Because the pool will not be as fun for me or you in the cold water. Or if you want somebody to minister to you, a team member to contact you. And then there's a place for your prayer requests down here. We, we really just, this is our way to stay in touch with you. We spread these out on Saturday mornings and the staff prays over these all week long. So just take a moment to finish filling those out. And as you're doing that, Michael's going to come by and pick those up. Of course, he also mentioned there's offering envelopes in front of you. If you're our first-time guest, we don't expect you to give anything. You're our guest, and we're so happy you're here. So I will tell you that the small groups, um, one thing that Michael said that isn't quite accurate yet is the small groups are not listed up there yet for the offerings of which one we're going to have. We're waiting to finalize who are all doing that, but that will happen hopefully by staff meeting on Tuesday. So midweek, we will have it for sure. Next Sunday, we'll have a list. We're a super small church, so you're not going to have 500 small groups, obviously. But there's going to be a good little group of of small groups that you can do. I'm doing one that's going to be a um, video-related one that we'll watch a 30-minute video, and then we'll talk about what we learned in in the thing. And that's a great... Just it's a great thing, and I think a couple other people are doing some video ones. And Michael's already told you he's doing the tennis one and a basketball one, and I don't know all the rest of them yet, but they will be up on our website next Sunday, and we will have a list to tell you about. And they're super low key, so if that is something you want to do, you don't have to be have a doctrine in divinity to lead a small group. You just really are going to put what you're already doing and invite other people to be there because it's more about the building of relationships than it even is about, you know, knowing the Bible from the back, from the forward to the backwards. Sorry, I'm not feeling 100% if you can't tell, so I'm a little bit struggling up here. But if you'll stand to your feet, we're going to pray over these and we will be dismissed. God in heaven, I thank you so much for the message that you gave me. Lord, it's challenging to me. Lord, it's exciting to me. And it's encouraging to me, Lord, that there's a progress that I can get in. That, Lord, we can take a journey with you. And that you're with us all the way. But, Lord, you came to give us abundant life. 
Father, I pray for all the tithes and the offerings that are represented in this bucket, Lords that have come in on the other services, Lord, the ones that have come in online through our app, Lord, all the different ways, Lord, I pray for all the prayer requests, I pray for all the connection cards, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here in Plano, and I speak a blessing over everyone who came out. Thank you for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.